1: This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports.
2: On his way to the end zone. i tell you what, that was a spectacular
1: play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league.
2: What a play. Off to the races. Touchdown. Oh, he's done it
1: again. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath,
2: and Ben.
0: Kyle Pitts, Zach Ertz, Mike Gesicki all had 110 to 112 targets in 2021. Kyle Pitts turned those targets into more than 240 more yards than Ertz and Gasicki. But, of course, only one touchdown for Pitts. It's the Kyle Pitts Show. It is our look at the 2021 rookies, 2022 sophomore tight ends. And there will be others that we talk about, but we'll spend, obviously, a lot of time on Kyle Pitts. Also, uh, let me start with this. Heath, Dave, Dave, I'll let you go for. I think you'll have a good answer for this. If you could participate in one NFL combine drill, as that is now underway, what would it be?
2: One drill that I would be good at or just uh, that I would want to participate in? You'd want to participate. The interviews.
1: (laughs) Okay, Heath, how about you? I'm looking at them now. So It looks like we have the 40-yard dash, the bench press, the vertical jump, the broad jump, the three-cone drill, the 20-yard and 60-yard shuttle. Um, I think my best event would probably be the broad jump. Okay. Like the bench press. I'm pretty sure they do 225 pounds as many yeah. times as you can. Mm-hmm. I'm not really that confident that I can do 225 pounds once. Same. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know for <laughs> sure. Was a time like, I when I could, it, maybe. there was a time when I could, um, and I don't how really many, want to run that
2: far. How many total reps of 225 amongst our crew? Like I, I think you could probably if you were pumped up, Heath. I think you could do one. I like, think Jamie counting one. Pete is part of our crew because Pete seems like a big. No, he's presser, not part right
0: of I mean? our crew. No, I think, I think we might need be him for this every once in a while. Well, no, he
2: Pete doesn't want to come
0: on the show. He's not part of the
2: crew. Oh, he does too. He always <laughs> says he doesn't, and then he's we can't get him to show.
0: Well, it, we haven't had him on in a calendar year, so in a, in, a, in a full year. So <laughs>
2: so no. Yet he's on every single Sunday during I'm the show. Sure Shragger, Schrager, yeah, Shragger. What eight do you think? Two twenty-five. Eight to ten. <laughs> probably five to seven. Look at you. But under pressure. Yeah, we'll go eight to nine.
1: I think it depends. Is it life? Is this what type of pressure? Is it like cameras and media, but no real threat to your life pressure? Because I think that might make you do worse. But if it was a car on top of you pressure, then you could probably do better.
0: Well, how about no spotter? That's that's life threatening pressure. You
1: would definitely do worse with no spotter because you would not go down the last time because you wouldn't be sure if you could get it back up. That would be the first time for me. I would do one <laughs> rep
2: with no spotter.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I think we're, we're looking somewhere in 5 to 10 range for the Fantasy Football Today crew. This is really Thanks exciting. Thanks Ben. Yes. Thank you, Ben. Um, all right. We got uh, football season in the rear view, but we've got March Madness quickly approaching, and we're at the point where a ton of other sports are going on, and we have... All this combine coverage as well. So please download the CBS Sports app. It's not just the best scoring app for your phone. It's also where you get breaking news alerts. You get stories by us. You get standing schedules, team pages, all the sportsy digital stuff you're used to. And if a game is airing on CBS, you can watch it right there on the app. It's very easy. Just download it. re-download it if it's got that little cloud logo next to it on your phone. And, you know, we love those five-star ratings, so please leave a five-star rating on the app and, uh, yeah, and for the podcast as well. Also, if you miss Jamie, he is at the Combine doing a lot of CBS Sports HQ stuff, so make sure you watch CBS Sports HQ. You can learn about the prospects. You can learn about, you know, you'll hear from NFL GMs and stuff like that, so uh, it's great stuff. CBS Sports HQ all week crushing the NFL Combine. Let's get to the sophomore tight ends, and I'll just... Let's go Kyle Pitts. Why not Kyle Pitts as your number one overall tight end, Heath? He is the best prospect we've ever seen at the position. He had the best rookie season we've ever seen at the position. Let's just make him number one. What do you say?
1: Um, Well, because the elite tier of tight ends still exists, and he's not proven quite that he belongs in that. Like The touchdown thing we should talk about and talk about how he's going to have regression, and he should score at least five touchdowns next year, and he might score I think he's more likely to score 10 than he is to score one. Um, But it's not as if he was number one at anything else. He wasn't best in targets. He wasn't best in receptions. I don't think he was top three in yards per game. And we don't have a real reason to believe there's going to be a significant drop off for the guys that were better than him. So he still has to ascend to a different level to be number one. And I think there's a double-sided risk with the Calvin Ridley situation. It's possible that Calvin Ridley comes back and is the target hog we expected, and Pitts doesn't see quite as many targets this year. It's also possible that Calvin Ridley leaves. Kyle Pitts stays the number one target for Matt Ryan in a bad offense with a quarterback who has never had success getting the ball to his number one target in the end zone. Jeez.
0: What's wrong with you today? I was just... trying.
1: You you asked me a (laughs) specifically negative question. Like, yeah. to, and then you want to know why I was negative. I just set you up for that, uh, Dave. Who scores more
0: touchdowns next year? Catches more touchdowns? George Kittle, who had six, which I want to say is a career high and yep. the most ever in the Kyle Shanahan ever uh, era uh, for a Forty Nine er. Or, well, I don't know how many Debo had, but they had never. Nobody had more than five before that. Or
2: Kyle Pitts, who scores more? Kittle or Pitts? I'd be inclined to say Pitts if I couldn't say push. I think it could be a tie where they're both in that five to six range. But I, I can't deny Heath's statement that it's probably a little more likely that Pitts has a ton of touchdowns than he has one touchdown again. Just seems so weird, especially considering the fact that he just he, he really didn't have that many opportunities to score. We talked a little bit on FFT and five about how he was getting a lot of targets downfield. But when it came to getting end zone targets, he only had six. Uh, He had a 20% target share inside the 10 that tied for seventh among tight ends. The six end zone targets was tied for 15th among tight ends. There was something going on, which uh, it harkens back to the Julio days in Atlanta, where they almost used Pitts more of a decoy, or they just called plays where Matt Ryan's read wasn't to Pitts mentioned this on FFT and five. There were multiple times during the season where Pitts is wide open, like literally no one within four yards of him in any direction in the end zone. And Matt Ryan's looking the other way. That's got to get fixed. They've got to get him more involved in the red zone, no matter whether or not Calvin Ridley is there. And it would make sense that assuming he takes good steps this off season and he doesn't come to training camp, uh, loafing it, that he could actually get that type of opportunity in the red zone inside the 10 because he's already got a lot of things working for him, including a 19.9% target share on the Falcons. That percentage rate was third best among tight ends. You can probably guess who the other two tight ends are who had a higher target share than Kyle Pitts. Do you think any of that red
0: zone stuff Green zone. What I actually find really interesting, Dave, is that he had only two more green zone targets. Green zone being inside the ten yard line, than Calvin Ridley. So, you know, Ridley was actually that guy when he was when he was there. But mm-hmm. do you think any of that actually matters, or should we just look at the fact that he had a thousand twenty six yards, and you know, is the prospect that we. That we thought he, would, you know, but just the overall right. success that he had, and, and not nitpicking about the tight. Does it actually matter that green zone stuff, that end zone stuff?
1: Did it matter for Julio?
0: Yeah, it did. I mean, look, he was still able to be to a, a top degree, five barely, wide receiver, Fairly,
2: but
1: yeah, it did a little bit.
2: Like that's what kept him from being. Uh, how many times was Julio the number one receiver in fantasy? I don't think in it, fantasy points per game.
1: Oh, I don't think I would he ever guess
2: finished at least once, but I don't think he ever finished maybe wide receiver once? one. He was know, always for in a the game. top eight-ish, I'm sure, and if not top five-ish, five-ish mm-hmm. Finkel. But I don't think he was ever number one. And it's because of those touchdowns. There's a there's an obvious correlation. I I wouldn't have to explain this to a third grader. There's an obvious correlation between scoring touchdowns and being good in fantasy football, especially for pass catchers. So if, if that number went up, even just a little bit, I think we can rely on him getting good target volume Getting a great dose of catches, especially for a tight end or someone who's eligible to play at tight end. You know how I feel about calling Pitts a tight end. And then the yardage comes with that. And he's 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 still an explosive player, particularly for a pass catching tight end.
0: So where are you comfortable taking him, Heath, Kyle Pitts?
1: Um, for everybody else did last year? Round four? No way. Really? really? What do you mean?
2: That's where he's comfortable. I don't have a problem with him. Oh
0: my gosh! You're never getting. You're not getting any Kyle Pitts. So how
1: many tight ends are we are going to go in the first three rounds?
0: Oh, he's going to be one of the four or five. He's going to be a second round pick. I I really feel that way. If not second second round pick, yeah,
1: it's not that top thirty. So you you think it's basically going to be Andrews Kelsey Pitts?
0: Yes. No, I think it's going to be Kelsey Andrews Pitts. Okay. And I think, I think I would. We'll see what the Ravens say, uh, you know, what they do, but I would they'll probably draft
1: a wide receiver and then we'll convince ourselves (laughs) the wide receiver is going to take targets away from Mark Andrews.
0: No, it's not that it's, it's a, it's a matter of how, how committed (laughs) they're going to be to their run game uh, and how much they're, you know, that's a huge part of their roots. It wouldn't shock me at all if Kyle Pitts has a better year than, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he's number one, but it wouldn't surprise me if he
1: was ahead of Andrews. I think Andrews, Kelsey, Kittle, Waller, and Pitts could all reasonably be tight end one next year without the other guys having a major injury. Like Any of those five guys could be tight end one. Um, I'm going to have a hard time taking pits ahead of of Waller, though. Or Kittle, really.
2: Mm, Okay, Dave, you? Oh, I'm taking pits ahead of Kittle and Waller. I'm there. Especially in PPR, it's easy for me. Because I do expect him to have more than one touchdown. I think he can fall into that five six touchdown range. I don't think that's asking a lot. no. so if he's already getting good yardage and he's I can't imagine his target share is going to fall off a cliff after his rookie year, then I think he's got the 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 floor to be a top three fantasy tight end. And honestly, I can see a scenario where, Lamar's back in Baltimore the run game is healthy in Baltimore they go back to being a run heavy offense that includes Lamar taking a lot of runs and we even saw it last year Andrews was very good with Lamar Jackson he went haywire without Lamar Jackson it's the weirdest thing in the world do the Ravens realize okay we got to make this thing all about Mark Andrews and Jackson to Andrews we've seen that connection play well or do they try and spread it around while they still limit how much Lamar Jackson throws compared to what they did last year with and without Lamar Jackson at quarterback. I know Atlanta has a lot of work to do to improve their run game. Their pass game that they were definitely a pass heavy unit and we saw Kyle Pitts benefit from it. I could see a situation where the Falcons even if they bring back Ridley have give Pitts a clearer path to being the number 2 tight end in fantasy than Andrews and I know it sounds blasphemous right now because Andrews is coming off of an amazing year. But it's possible. I don't have it ranked that way yet. Let's see what happens this off season.
1: If I have to spend another off season defending Mark Andrews, I'm going to pull the rest of my hair out.
2: You don't have um, to. Um you but,
0: you look so young today, by the thank way. Thank you. I, Appreciate I I
1: love it. it. Um I do think <laughs> and maybe we'll draft four or five of them there, but even most years in the past, the number 3 tight end has not been worth a third round pick. That's probably fair. Um and so I have a hard time, and maybe Pitts will just go way ahead of Waller, and but I have a hard time believing that we're going to take Waller and Kittle and Pitts all in round three after taking Andrews and Kelsey in round two. We're going to have five tight ends in the first thirty picks. I think if Trey Lance, picks.
0: I think Trey Lance is the quarterback. You might see Kittle out of that mix, or the, as,
2: as yeah, I don't, the, I'm still not convinced your point.
1: that Trey Lance is going to be the quarterback. Yeah, I, I, that's I
2: also fair to say, but I, I, if you had to put a percentage on it. What's the percentage that Lance is your quarterback in San Francisco Week One? Mm, As of right now, sixty. Right, go a little higher, but not much higher. I agree that there's a chance that they keep Garoppolo. It's making a little bit of a mess out there, but yeah. So he can't. You can't argue with what Garoppolo. I guess you could because he wasn't great, but Garoppolo's that, that's helped them get deep in the playoffs.
1: That was the other thing, and it's something you like the way you approach that, Adam. And I've meant to do this when Jamie was on because he does that a lot. And I think it's just a difference. Like when I say I'm going to draft Kyle Pitts in the fourth round, that doesn't mean I think Kyle Pitts ADP is going to be in the fourth round. Yeah, right. No, I, don't. I. Yeah. So like, maybe he will go in the second round. Maybe I'll have to say Kyle Pitts is a bust again.
0: Well, I got a poll up right now, 67 votes. So I just did it while we were talking. And right now, round four is is the winner so far. Well, it's leading. When will you draft Kyle Pitts? Twelve team PPR. Round two, three, four, five, or later. And round two is 7.7%. Round three, 29%. Round four, 37%. Round five or later, 26%. And this wow. is my my prediction. Is that If we did drafts right now, I think he'd be mostly a round three pick. I feel like he's going to be one of these players, like he was this past year, that has the helium as we say in the industry, I think he's going to be a draft riser. I think people are going to be looking for excuses to fall in love with Kyle Pitts and take him, you know, earlier than they ever thought. And it's going to take one big preseason game or, or some report or something like that. I just feel like he's going to be the guy, one of the guys that has a, is a big riser and ends up late second round. Just I, I, it's based really on nothing, except it did happen last year. But it's just kind of my gut feeling on that. Go
1: ahead, Dave. He does have an ADP of 34.8 in very very early NFC drafts since um since February 1st. George Kittle is at 39 mm-hmm. and Waller's at 47. So he wow. is tied in 3 right now. Pretty clear. Oh, I
2: love that value for Waller. And we've done two mock drafts uh mock redrafts. The first one was full PPR. Pitts went 37th overall. Uh, That's technically round four. I think that's right in where I would take him. Maybe a smidge before in PPR. I think I'm ranked 36th overall in PPR. He went 21st overall in half PPR, in our half PPR mock. So uh, there's uh, we say this about a handful of players every year. There's going to be a guy in every draft that's just gaga for him, and uh, they're going to take him sooner than everybody else will. Reminds me a little bit of...
0: Fernando Tatis, who had this amazing rookie year and then was a second round. And I guess I would say Acuna, too. And they both, I think, were second round picks as sophomores. They were better, I'd say, than Pitts because Pitts only had the one touchdown. But that was the the last time you were able to get Acuna or Tatis, Maybe, maybe ever if baseball never comes back. But the last time you were able to get them outside of round one, that's how good they were. Now, the, the counter would be somebody like Glaber Torres or Vladimir Guerrero, who were totally overdrafted in their second seasons. But I think you kind of get the point. All right, update on the poll. Round four is running away with it 40, 41%. Round th- five or later, I mean, that just shocks me that people are going to wait till round five to take Kyle Pitts. It is in second place at 28.2%, and we'll keep you updated on well, that. When would people draft Kyle Pitts?
1: And I think, like, in fairness to those people, Kyle Pitts was drafted in round four last year and didn't deliver that type of value, why would I draft him earlier? Now, we know why, because touchdown regression. But I can understand at least where they're coming from. Like, I just fought this whole battle over not drafting Kyle Pitts in the first four rounds, and they didn't live up to that ADP, and now you want me to draft Kyle Pitts in the first four rounds. <laughs> yeah, but he did you think he was going to have a 1,000 yards? Uh, no. Right, yeah.
0: I'm not saying I feel that way. I'm saying I understand it. I'd like to address this question here from from Bidge. Does Adam always roll out of bed to record these, or does he just forget to fix his hair? <laughs> I, I I haven't fixed... I never fix my hair. But no, I've been up for a while. I, I should take more pride in my hair, I guess.
1: I was, um, I'm with you today. I did not fix my hair today either. <laughs> you you look good. I like your
0: short... You got no beard. You got short hair. You look... It's totally different. New guy. Alright, so that's our Kyle Pitts discussion. Let's go to Kyle, uh, Pat Fryermuth. Second question for today. This one won't take as long. Uh, why not Pat Fryermuth as a breakout? He had a very nice rookie season. Dave, why shouldn't we be showing Pat Fryermuth more love? in Heath, if you might wouldn't mind looking up his ADP, that would be very
2: helpful too. The thing that scares me about Fryermuth is that he may have been a byproduct of Smith-Schuster getting hurt and Ben Roethlisberger not being able to throw or being willing to throw 15-plus yards downfield a lot to wit he averaged he was 17th among tight ends in targets per game he was a touchdown dependent tight end who frankly did a great job of catching touchdowns and i'm sure the steelers are going to try and implement that again no matter who their quarterback is but if they've got a quarterback that's got a scintilla of arm strength they're that guy is going to look a little deeper than Fryermuth more often than not and it just it just I think it wedges Frymuth into a lot of weeks where he's going to be two to four catches for thirty to fifty yards, and you got to hope that he comes down with a touchdown. I like the guy. I think he's got a chance to be better than that, but I, I look in that offense at that offense in general, and I think to myself that he's not going to be a contender to be a top two in targets in that offense.
1: You remember, Adam, you might not, but Dave will, um, like in the 80s when they had um, records um, and like the the real heavy metal bands were putting out records. And if you allegedly if you played them, and maybe it was in the 90s too, if you played them in reverse, um, there would be subliminal messaging that was um, really, really bad stuff. I feel like if we did that with the Kyle Pitts section where we were explaining why (laughs) Kyle Pitts is going to be better than he was last year, it would explain why Pat Fryerman is not a breakout candidate this year. (laughs) yeah obviously he was he was the exact opposite pitts was awesome in every way but did not score touchdowns pat fryermuth was darren fells or jared cook but he scored a bunch of touchdowns
0: Um, but but as a rookie i mean it's still you know most rookie tight ends i think 500 yards isn't so bad rob gronkowski had 546 yards as a rookie
1: Yes. Um, Dave referenced how he was afraid he might average 30 yards a game. Um, He averaged 31.1 yards per game last year, Hmm. and his longest reception of the season was 24 yards. (laughs) Uh, It's just entirely, and it's the same thing we talked about with Robert Tunyon last year, only there was a little more reason to think that Robert Tunyon, playing with the quarterback who has the second-highest touchdown rate ever, might continue to score a bunch of touchdowns. As of right now, it looks like Firehouse is going to have Mason Rudolph or Mitchell Trubisky or a rookie quarterback. Um I don't I don't have a lot of optimism for him. He's currently tied in 9 um being picked early in round 9 just ahead of Dawson Knox, Zach Ertz, Noah Fant, Mike Gesicki. I'm fine with him in that range, but I'm not going to take the first guy in that range.
0: He was a second round pick though. I don't know if that matters Great. to you, and yeah. you know that's the difference I think between him and Tunyon. Tunyon kind of came out of nowhere. Okay. Fryar, you've had. I'm look. I'm making the case, right? I'm not
1: saying
2: yeah.
0: right, <laughs> but
1: yeah, that that's true. No one besides maybe Gronk, and he's not Gronk, is sustaining that type of touchdown percentage. The thing no. that would make you think maybe he can keep something like that up would be an elite ability or elite production in some other area and he didn't have any of it
2: what what's the path to him being second on the Steelers and targets Chase Claypool getting hurt and Najee Harris getting hurt
0: yeah so second on that's what I always used to be a top five guy right so that's probably not going to happen with Fryermuth but I think if you want to just make the case for him it's just that he he had a good rookie season and if you just use basic statistics for rookie tight ends to predict breakouts, I think it's going to be pretty hard to find breakouts. You know, George Kittle had a very quiet rookie year, and then he was had a very good second year. Um, so this is the fact that he was involved. He was, like I said, a second-round pick, so he's got some pedigree. He's got great hands. He make, it makes sense for them to target him in the end zone. I probably needs a quarterback up. I mean, I'm not going to get excited about anybody if Mason Rudolph's a quarterback, but just, Dave, the fact that he was productive... And we just don't usually see that from rookie tight ends. You know, that's it's something there. I, I totally understand he can't have this touchdown rate, but maybe he could just become a more involved, better overall player.
2: It's possible. And if he does that, then that would earn him more targets. And then he'd get more than the 4.9375 targets per game that he averaged last year. I think, I think it would take Chase Claypool's role getting sacked and Najee Harris kind of not getting more than three or four targets per game for Fryermuth Muth to be more than just a good red zone option for the Steelers. And I think that that's a strength that is in his favor. I, I'm pretty sure the Steelers coaching staff will have plays drawn up for Fryermuth Muth. In that regard, as a red zone threat, he's in the ballpark of Gronk. Not saying that he's as good as Gronk. No, very few people are. But he's going to get looks down in the red zone. And I I really wish I had the number of, how he ranked in terms of targets inside the ten yard line among tight ends, because I, I bet that his, I bet his rate was pretty impressive, given what the Steelers' offense wound up being, and that they realized that this was somebody whose big body can get open a little bit, and you can throw him open by throwing it a foot over his head, knowing that the defensive backs and linebackers that he's going up against aren't going to be able to cover it. And I, th- I think like there's a
1: hope that he could have like, like maybe without the injuries a Hunter Henry type career um but even Henry you look at him like he scored 8 touchdowns as a rookie on 53 targets even more ridiculous rate than Firemouth but right the next year he had 4 on 62 then he had 5 on 76 then he had 4 on 93 then last year he had another r- ridiculously good touchdown rate uh, i think the reason maybe a better answer to why Pat Fryermuth is not a breakout candidate is because even if he improves in his catches and his yards, his touchdown rate is almost certainly going to be negatively bring that. His breakout case is scoring the same number of fantasy points he did in the second half of last year.
0: Oh, but is Hunter Henry a good comp for him? Hunter Henry was really never. Never turned into an elite tight end, but he was always someone worth drafting, usually worth rostering in his yeah. Chargers days.
1: That, I mean, Hunter Henry has never had more than 652 yards in a season.
0: That's, he gets hurt a lot, though. Right? I mean, that, that was kind of—but but you know what I'm saying? I mean, does that kind of right. feel like low-end starter, but does that kind of feel like I think it's a perfect comparison? comp
1: for him. Yeah. You Forget about the, the total games he played. His yards per game. 32, 41, 54, 43, 35. That was Henry. He's got one season with more than forty-four yards per game, Hunter Henry.
0: Mm. Well, I could azer stat that, but uh
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, I totally he had a lot of games where he left early, apparently.
0: <laughs> okay, here's my third question about tight ends. Um how you guys doing today? How you feeling? What's going on? What's uh, any plans <laughs>
1: Not anyone else? Anyone else in this class? <sighs> Brevin Jordan? I have a little hope for Brevin Jordan. He is in my top 24 tight ends. Um I th- I I wrote about this yesterday in the uh Opportunity Index that came out. I put together every year like the number of targets that each team has available due to players leaving. There are 7 teams that have at least 96 targets available at tight end. Last year there were 2. Hmm. That The tight end market is going to be pretty crazy, depending on how many of these guys get franchised. Like Maybe they franchise Schultz and they franchise Kosicki, and it's not quite as crazy, but the tight end market in free agency is going to be pretty crazy. Um, I thought Tommy Trimble or Brevin Jordan, both when I started doing my projections, had an opportunity. The Panthers already gave Ian Thomas a three-year deal. That kind of makes me a little bit less less excited about Tommy Trimble. If the Texans didn't go make a big splash at tight end and just added a secondary tight end, they'll add somebody because I think Brevin Jordan's their only tight end on their roster right now. So they're going to add somebody. But if they don't go get one of the top six or seven names, then I think Jordan has a chance, especially if Davis Mills stays at the quarterback, he seemed to like his tight ends, of of maybe having a, a borderline top 12 season.
2: Brevin Jordan actually had a higher target per route run rate in goal-to-go plays last year than Fryermuth did. Yeah, mm. it was higher than Waller, too. And remember, it's not just, it's not overall plays. It's plays that the player actually ran a route on and saw a target on. That's something that you can build off of for, for Brevin Jordan. And I agree with you, Heath. I think the Texans are definitely going to add another tight end. I wonder if it's going to be more of a blocking tight end and somebody that can supplement that offensive line rather than somebody like Brevin Jordan, who I, I think he's way more of a receiver than he is a blocker. And so I'd be worried about Jordan's upside if they added another big-time wide receiver or even added a, a, a good pass-catching running back. I don't want to see those things happen if I'm banking on Brevin Jordan. And Tremble's kind of a fun athlete, and he, he had some f- very few flashes last year, but he had them. I just worry that there's too many mouths to feed in that offense, that Tremble's just not going to get the type of target volume that's going to make him exciting for our purposes the,
1: the thing that M- McAdoo could help him because the past two years they've not really targeted tight ends at a very high rate I believe McAdoo's time in the Giants Evan Ingram was like I think he may have led the Giants in targets the last year that he was there so th- maybe there's more tight end targets available in that offense now but the the Ian Thomas thing pretty much means for me I'm not like Tommy Trimble can be a dynasty stash if you have that much room but we're going to have to wait for him to score a touchdown or two before anybody adds him.
2: Random aside, can you name the two tight ends that had the highest target per route run rate among tight ends that had at least 20 snaps played in goal-to-go situations? Complicated. Think of inside the 10, basically. <laughs> Think of inside the 10. Who got targeted the most on their routes inside the 10? These are not rookies. Hunter Henry. The highest rate. Hunter Henry is not on the list, but his teammate was number one. Janu. Janu was one. The other one is a free agent who apparently is going to get double-digit millions from his team, even though he's been a bust since he left the University of Miami. That's right, David Njoku. So I don't know if that target per route stat is is a reliable (laughs) stat, because here are two guys that had huge opportunities. How many routes did they run? (laughs) Thirty-two for Johnu, thirty-nine for Nujoku. And I know those numbers seem low, but unless you're like a, a big time tight end, that's high. Yeah, and it's inside the ten yard line. That is that is a well, lot it's goal to go. So uh, it, yeah. It, that would include Plenty like inside. a first and goal from the fifteen sure. or something like that.
0: All right. I'm gonna finish this uh segment with just some Pat Fryermuth oars because I forgot to do that. Pat Fryermuth or Tyler Higby.
2: I've got Friarmuth as of now. Big beat, Pat Fryermuth or Dawson Knox. Knox.
1: That's he was somebody, and I've need to look at it again, but he was somebody who came out much lower in my projections than I expected. I've actually got Fryermuth ahead of Knox, but I didn't have Knox in my top 15.
2: I wonder if this is an offseason where the Bills don't try and do too much with their receiving core. And they, you know, Emmanuel Sanders is gonna go. And I don't know what the deal is with Cole Beasley, but I wonder if they open the door for Knox to do more in that offense than just be a touchdown magnet.
0: And last one: Pat Fryermuth or Noah Fant?
2: Noah Fant. As of the
1: way things are currently constructed, I will say Fryermuth. But any sort of significant upgrade at quarterback for the Broncos would probably change that for me. I'm just, I, I don't have complete confidence they're going to get that done. Um, a couple guys that like I, I would take Irv Smith over Fryermuth.
0: <clears throat> oh, okay. We're gonna take a break on fantasy football today. When we come back, I have a startling confession—something I'm very ashamed of. I'll tell you mm-hmm. about, Good. and we'll do some news and notes and read your emails and your Apple Podcast questions. Are you excited to hear this, Heath?
1: I, I, I'm getting the. I'm I'm going to Twitter to search for the thread. <laughs> so uh... no, I don't think it's gonna fit that <laughs> criteria, but we'll be okay. right back. Find out what
2: I'm ashamed of after this. <laughs> what a tease. progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: Welcome back. Are you want to do news and notes first? You want to find out what Adam is ashamed of today?
2: I think you should include what you're ashamed of in the news and notes just to make sure everybody's paying attention.
0: It'll be the last news item. I just wrote ashamed in the notes. Dallas executive vice president, Stephen Jones, did not commit to having Amari Cooper on the roster
2: reaction, Mm -hmm. Dave. The reaction is that he he is owed a lot of money that they can take off the books this offseason. Uh, I can look it up if you give me one second. And maybe they want to put that money toward Gallup. Maybe they want to sign somebody who's going to be in free agency. Maybe that's their way of telling Amari Cooper, you need to restructure your deal if you want to stay in Dallas. We'll see. Kind
1: of the same thing that's going on with Jarvis Landry in Cleveland right now, except he's the one making the noise,
2: right? Yeah, because he knows they're not going to pay him.
1: Well, I would be shocked. He's still there.
2: The Hmm. Cowboys save sixteen million dollars against the cap if they cut slash trade Amari Cooper, and it's even more than that if he's designated a June first cut.
0: And it really could open things up for Michael Gallup because we had had a report I think last week that Gallup could be back. Cooper now could be gone, and you know we'll see what the rest of the receiving unit looks like. MVS, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, will probably be too expensive for the Packers. That's according to The Athletic. And then obviously the Packers have... If they bring back Rodgers, they bring back Adams. They're going to be pretty strapped.
2: What? Who is this suitor for (laughs) MVS? It's someone that can pay him more than the Packers can... The Lions looking for a Bashad Perryman replacement?
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's That's what what I I bet it ends
2: up being. I bet you're right. But even if he gets, and I know this sounds crazy, but in the world of the NFL, it's not. If he, even if he gets eight million a year, that might be more than the Packers are willing to pay him. And Who I think would that's the point. Pay him that. <laughs> a team that's desperate for a wide receiver that can stretch defense. Maybe the Raiders. Five million
0: a year, maybe. I, that
2: he sounds like the he'll Raiders. He'll be overpaid.
0: <laughs> Jacksonville is likely to offer DJ Chark a short-term contract, according to the Florida Times Union.
2: Which guy would you rather have on your team? Shark or Valdez Scantling? Shark for sure. Chark. Like I don't think
1: either one of them are probably going to be good this year, but I would I have some hope that Shark might be.
2: Shark can run deep. We've seen that before. I'm hopefully he's recovered from the injury. It was a broken ankle if I recall. Uh if 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 he's back and running and doing fine, he's 2 years younger than Valdez Scantling.
1: I will just say though if like Jacksonville's plan to fix their receiving core is DJ Shark's going to be back and healthy. Yeah. And, then I'm going to be a little more than that. far less optimistic about Trevor Lawrence turning things around this year.
2: You want LaQuan Treadwell back in Jacksonville? I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. Jamal, yeah, Jamal Agnew, and bring Tavon
1: Austin back. Be set.
0: Okay, so time time for my shame. Yes, has uh, been doing this for a couple couple months now. This is the first time I had to resort to cheating, but I could not get the wordle this morning, and I had to cheat. To what do you get mean? The wordle. Well, you know, you have some guesses. You're running out of guesses. How do you know guesses. you couldn't get
2: it? I kn- because he was down to his last guess. I was down to my last two guesses,
0: and I just couldn't figure you it. You had out. two guesses left when you cheated. Yeah, I googled, you know, to to see if this was a word, and it wasn't. But the word that it ended up being, this that ended up being the solution, showed up as like like a correction. I don't think that today's answer was really in the spirit of, of Wordle to be quite honest, to, to be quite honest with you. Did you guys do it? Are you in it, Wordle? I, yeah. I did it. I got it and I
1: got it right and mm, I, I did didn't it. know the word. You didn't know the
0: word. Yeah. So that's the thing. I only had one letter in its proper place. Oh no I had, I had three all of the letters. There. I had all of the letters but I only had the last letter in its proper place. So I knew the word after I saw it on Google. But I, I'm ashamed of myself for, for cheating. There's
2: there's someone, there's a friend of the show who I'm not going to name, but he posted on Twitter that he couldn't get the word. He did not cheat, though. He tried, he, in six guesses, he could not get the word for today. So you had got it every other time before today?
0: Yeah, I haven't been doing it for that long, but yeah. That's impressive. I got calk, which I know people were pissed about. I got, uh, uh, yeah, I got them all. Oh, vivid, Vivid was hard. Vivid was very hard because
1: it only had three letters.
0: Yeah, two Vs, two I's. That's that's pretty dirty. Uh what's your first just your first guess? What's your first your first word? word?
2: I change it up all the time. Oh, I don't have? have one specific one, but though I've heard people go with piano because you've got three oh. vowels. I go with heard, store. Yeah, I've gone with stone before because it's got three good consonants. Remember, you're talking to a wheel of fortune veteran. Here. That's true. Yeah. Oh, so, so I know you know the the i know all the best consonants I, so i i try and get some of those taken right out of the way with my first guess i go with raise raise um but Raze i really is like raise is a great one more than wordle
0: which you like what
1: wordle what's that q u o r d l e it's four wordles at once Get out of here. And every time it guesses, every time you guess, it will give you the letters you got right on each one, and you have to solve all four of them in, like, eight or nine tries. Oh, my goodness. It's, it's the best thing I have thing to ever.
0: go. All right, we're out of here. I got to go download Quartal. <laughs> Yeah, We got some emails and Apple Podcast questions. And, you know, another thing I like about Wordle, it's a little frustrating, but the fact that they only give you one a day I think makes us a more productive
1: society. Every game Every online game should limit you to. There's also Dortal, so there's two. You do two words at the same time. Ooh. So I, I've got like four of these I'm playing now. There's uh, Portal, which is the NBA version where you have to try to guess the NBA player. <laughs> um, it's hurdle. Nurdle. Is the math version? Math one. Where you Have you put it the it in Google? a math equation and and figure out what the equation and the answer is within six guesses? Really? Are you making this up? This is no. Real? I play all five no, of them. I one. gave up
2: on that one the very first time. <laughs> I played. I'm you
1: know, no.
0: restricting you to one per day doesn't really help when there's five <laughs> games. All right. Here are your emails fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. This is from Sergio. Ten team Sergio. full PPR. Uh, where's he from? Dave? I'm
2: sorry. Sergio is from Duluth, Minnesota. All
0: right. This is not a redraft league. Only incoming rookies each year. I traded all my picks within the last two seasons, and I won a championship. I don't have any picks until 2025. My team is top two. I have uh, Josh Allen, Kelsey, DK, Henry, Camara, Chubb, Zeke, Singletary, Patterson. Should I try to sell Ze- Look, I mean, I don't know if you could do this, but should I-, mm. I try to sell Zeke right now for a Monra St. Brown and some picks. Would you do that? Sure.
1: Yeah. This roster, I, I scares me to death, but you won a championship. And so it was all worth it, but you have Kelsey, Henry, Camara, Chubb, Elliot, almost all of them, almost certainly are going to be Mm -hmm. worth less next year than they are right now. Right. Um, And a couple of them might be worth nothing next year. So I, uh, yes, I would I would advise doing that. I don't know if I quite have Zeke and ARSB the same on the trade chart, but they are not very far apart at all. So if you can get anything. um, Plus the picks, though. Second round have pick. have them almost exactly the same. So if you can get anything into a, in addition to ARSB, I would be happy with that trade.
0: All right, next email is from Rob. He says, Dear Stan, Kyle, Eric, and Kenny. Heath, do you know who Stan, Kyle, Eric, and Kenny are?
1: Those are from uh, South
0: Park. That's right. Let's say Rob is from South Park, Colorado. Uh, Let me preface this by saying I'm the Cam Akers manager in my league, and here's an offer that was sent to me in my PPR Dynasty League. I give up uh, Miles Sanders. Sorry, I give up Miles Sanders. I get Daryl Henderson and pick 2.9. So he has Akers... Uh Is it worth giving up Sanders to get Henderson and pick
2: 2.9? No, I'd rather have Sanders. Um,
1: I think that's, that's really, really close. I've got Sanders slightly higher, but I don't think it's an unfair deal.
0: There's just no guarantee that Daryl Henderson
2: is going to be number two on the depth chart. Right. There.
1: There's no guarantee that and Miles and Sanders is going to be number practice. one on the depth chart. There's, no I, there's a better chance of better.
2: Sanders being the right. one than there is of Henderson being the two. They could both I, be... Oh, there. I don't think that's... Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I, that's I don't good. agree with that. Well, you
1: okay.
0: think they're going to go get a mm. running back? Mm.
1: <laughs> I'm just saying I don't agree that there's a better chance of Sanders being the one than Henderson being the two.
0: All right, this is from Jake in Kansas City, who's one of our biggest baseball listeners. So hopefully,
1: Fantastic listener, fantastic yeah. city.
0: <laughs> hopefully today will be a good day for for Jake And all of of us baseball fans. This is my first Dynasty offseason. I'm a little early on this question, but I'm starting to do my draft prep because I have the number two, number five, and number 12 picks this year. Plus a couple of later picks. We do our rookie draft two weeks after the NFL draft, but then we have just three days to get back to legal roster size before rosters lock until August. So what is your strategy when cutting players. If you draft a wide receiver, do you cut a wide receiver? Do you target certain players to cut beforehand, no matter what? It is a 2QB league. I have guys like Heineke, Jordan Love, and Gardner Minshew. Um, yeah, so how would you tell Jake to go about cutting players?
1: Um, I don't want... I'd much rather cut backup receivers than backup running backs. Yes. Um... I'd much rather cut backup tight ends than backup running backs. I probably wouldn't. like. I might try to see if I could get anything for Love, Heineke, and or Minshew. Can you move up two spots in a round <laughs>
2: during the draft
1: <laughs> to get somebody you want and and offload one of those guys? Because I really don't think you need to be holding all three of those either.
2: Okay so for the first thing you know to do is you know how many roster spots everybody's allowed to have you're going to figure out the number of players that you've got to cut after you do your draft i don't think it should be i don't think it should be you draft a receiver you cut a receiver i think it should be more like all right i gotta cut five of these guys once i get my five rookie picks on my roster who are the five most likely that i'm ready to dump when you've got that list of those five that's when you start trying to make a trade like heath's talking about Go to the guy that's got Jalen Hurts and say, would you like to have the con- the collection of Philadelphia Eagles quarterbacks? Do it right now while Gardner Minshew had a good game as a starter in place of Jalen Hurts last year. Maybe he will trade uh, uh, his third-round pick for your fourth-round pick in Gardner Minshew. Anybody that's on that list of guys that you're going to cut, you just try and sell and get whatever you can for. Let them make the move. Where they've got to cut somebody off their team, and you get something in return for a player that you were just going to cut anyway. Worst comes to worst, you don't make a trade. You've got your list of the guys who you are going to cut, and you cut them. Let's do some Apple Podcast questions. We appreciate all the reviews. This is from. I was actually looking at the reviews the other day. They were very encouraging. A thank you. Yeah, appreciate it, everybody. This is from Dave. You
0: threw me off. Web Z Six One Eight.
2: You mean Web's Six Eighteen?
0: No. Webby's, yeah. Superflex Dynasty trade offer. I give up Trevor Lawrence and Elijah Moore. Whoa. I get his Joe Burrow and Chuba Hubbard. Is that Chuba or is that Chubb? But he says Chuba. It's Chuba. There's an A there. Yeah, but it just seems like such a different trade. Lawrence and Moore for (laughs) Burrow and and Chuba. (laughs) I'd be more interested if it were Chubb.
2: Yes. Um, I'm not doing that trade. I think
1: there's a much bigger difference between more and Chuba than Burrow and Lawrence. But if Lawrence flames out this year, then you probably won't feel that way any longer.
0: From Big Meter, how do you feel about Baylor running back Treston Ebner? What are your early thoughts on him? I have some early thoughts because I was just watching him as you were talking about the previous email. He is slow. So I know I'm not going to like him.
1: <laughs> well, let's see what he runs in the forty. I don't think this is, and I don't have specific thoughts about him, but my general feeling right now is there are basically three, maybe four running backs that I might be excited about. I don't think this is a very deep running back class.
0: Yeah, but we weren't excited about last year's, and last year's
1: ended up being pretty solid. I'm pretty excited about Brees Hall.
0: And Uh, I love Walker.
1: Walker. I'm pretty excited about Spiller. Uh, and I think Walker will be good.
0: Yeah, Ebner. I'm just watching some Ebner right now. I, I know nothing about him, but I think he's big and slow. I thought that about Ramondre Stevenson, and he ended up having a pretty nice rookie year.
1: Did he When he was in college, did he have the hair out of the back of his helmet? <laughs> I don't remember. Because it might have gotten faster when that happened.
0: <laughs> uh, okay, next question is from Pat Fan Heath. I took an orphan team last year, tore it down, and successfully tanked into the first pick in this year's rookie draft. I feel I'm fighting the narrative to take a QB at first overall in a super flex dynasty league. Most of the analysis I hear pushes taking quarterback purely based on their ability to hold value. I feel a wide receiver running back would be better for me. He has Dak, he has Watson, he has Trey Lance and Zach Wilson. No, you don't need... No, no
2: You're not, you're not taking a quarterback. quarterback. No. Uh, Taylor, and there's no quarterback in this rookie right. class that's worth that 101. His team could be terrific,
0: man. He's got Taylor, Akers, Dobbins, ETN, and Dillon... He has Chase, wow. Waddle, Ayuk, Elijah Moore, wow. Bateman. Yeah, your team could be great. He has Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas is one of his worst players right now. Kyle Pitts at tight end. How how did you get the first pick? Uh, anyway. He
2: probably benched those guys.
1: Well, Dak was the well, only maybe. quarterback he had that really played last year. Um, oh, that's true. So no, he he, was and then we probably all exactly the season. Um, his team didn't play last year. <laughs> that's true.
0: <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Yeah, that your team sucked. In fact, Kyle Pitts wasn't even that good, you know. So
1: Um, no, I I'm it's going to be really difficult. Like I do think there's it's unquestionable if Malik Willis lands in Pittsburgh or someplace that we think he's going to start pretty soon that like as a first round pick embraces the type of quarterback he is. Um, he's going to be the 1.01 in superflex leagues for sure. So maybe you see if you could trade back to 3 and get something else
2: in addition. I don't agree I don't agree I think we're a ways from that Sure in the in, in the specific scenario that you laid out he could be because the the upsides intoxicating for any quarterback who who can run and he's certainly that but it's I, really I think, key to me I, that he goes early
0: You mean because that'll convince people that he sh- that he's great and that or that he's potentially great
1: and No because that will, I think if somebody takes like the best the only thing that really keeps me excited about Trey Lance is, is the fact that the 49ers traded up to go get him at number three mm-hmm.
0: well yeah yeah but but he would would he have been pick 1.1 um, well
1: superplex? there was a quarterback taken a one and a quarterback if they were a two. not if they were not if Trey Lance had been the first quarterback taken last year yeah I think he for sure would have been
0: yeah I don't, I don't know because he, he had Chase and Pitts. you don't have them this year Obviously. Right. But uh, yeah, you, this team, I don't think, is taking a quarterback first.
1: I'm probably taking, as be. of right now, I'm probably taking Reese Holt, but.
0: Okay. Well, we'll know more after the combine, hopefully. So make sure you watch CBS Sports HQ this week again to get all your combine info and updates and to see Jamie, because we miss him. Uh, for Dave and Heath, I'm Adam. And I'm going to do better on tomorrow's Wordle. That's a promise to all the listeners. Talk to you on Thursday
2: on Fantasy Football Day.